Hello and welcome to another edition of Kaleidoscope. This is Magda Zenon, recording from downtown Nicosia. And with me, I have an old podcast friend, Yael Tridel. Welcome, Yael. Uh, thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. Very glad to see you again. I'm also very glad to see you again and to introduce you to the listeners. Yael is a peace activist who works mainly with the Women Waging Peace and the Road to Recovery organizations, but not only. Yael, introduce yourself better. Tell me who you are, because <laughs> the area where you're living is very much in my heart, very much part of the news now. Yeah. Wow. I wasn't wasn't ready for that. Uh, <laughs> I am, like you said, a peace activist. I strongly believe that the only way for all of us in this region to live normal life is if uh, is not through violence. There will be no change through violence, but only through uh, some kind of political agreement. You know, it's kind of like. I want to say peace agreement, but peace looks so far away now. So I would say political agreement that will that will assure freedom and independence for everybody. It's just to me, you know, because I meet uh, Palestinian people. I meet people. Uh, to me, it's if there were only strong leaderships on both sides that want to have uh, this conflict end, it would have it would have ended by now. So the thing is, to me, it's not... Many people say, you know, we have no choice. Our leaders say we have to live on our swords forever and ever. And to me, it's madness. It's really madness. Because... But Yalmut, sorry to interrupt you. I think that is the problem with most of the conflicts, that the leadership has no real intent of solving problems. I look at our leadership in Cyprus. The problem, the Cyprus problem is possibly simpler than the problem in your part of the world. It could have been solved at the latest. It could have been solved in 2018. It could have been solved in 2004. It could have been solved a long time before if there was true intent on the leadership sitting at the table to get to a place. And I agree with you, peace is a strange word to use, to get to a place where everyone lives in a dignified manner. Yes. With with access and opportunities and responsibilities as far as it regards their human rights. So yeah. to me, the political intent is key, and that's why we need, need to move the men out, because it's a, <laughs> a lot of it is a patriarchal leadership. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> no, I'm completely. And I have to say, I mean, it's it's tricky to say to, uh, to get the men out, because some of the women leaders, I can say definitely in Israel, Women in the government in Israel are some of the most horrific people I met. But there is there is something that I would say it's not just women, but it's just it's more like of a feminist thinking, because uh, because the thing is, women these days that are climbing up the ladder sometimes are more more men than men in this patriarchal thinking. So. There's so I'm gonna so I'm gonna agree with you. You do need women, but you also need the gender perspective. So you yeah. don't just need women because they're women, because you have your fair share of masculine women. But Condoleezza Rice, Margaret Thatcher, can I do? I need to carry on. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And this is why I mean, it's more of the. It, it's exactly what you said. It's more of the the gender perspective, the and and just the perspective. I think I, I told you before. It's you. You switch on to the news 
in Israel now. It's, and it's sheer testosterone. Revenge! Power! We will win! We will, you know, the, um, the biggest thing you see now in Israel everywhere is together we will win. What do you mean together we will win? Who is, who is together? We have a, a government that doesn't even look at the citizens, doesn't care about the citizens. We have a government that doesn't even want to end the war or mm -hmm. release the, um, uh, the, the hostages. The we have a government that doesn't want to end the conflict because the conflict serves, serves their, their power. Yes. They, it, yeah. it gives them in power. So who is this together we will win? And what kind of winning anyway is there to wars? By no now, wins. No wins nobody wins. Everybody no loses so yeah. much pain, so much suffering. I mean, Gaza is, I don't know, is, is half destroyed and... Don't take me by percentage, but I mean, so much destruction, so much death in Israel, uh, so much death. We have hundreds of thousands of people dislocated. I mean, in, in Gaza, there are millions dislocated, uh, displaced. That's Here, great. there are hundreds, over 100,000 people that are living either in, either in hotels or in some kind of temporary living they do, I mean, the, the conditions in Israel are better, of course. They do have electricity, they have food, they have everything that they need. But what I'm saying is this this whole this whole place is now is so how can you how can you even talk about winning? How can you even I mean uh, it's, a, are, it's, uh, it's a it's a it's a masculine form of women winning that you holding you the last one to shoot a bullet or you the last one to kill someone or you the last one standing. I mean, it's a male form of winning. Whereas a feminist form of winning is that you find a way in the middle that everyone gains. That's that the thing. Not everyone, that everyone shares the losses and the gains, that it's not just one side loses, one side wins. The only winning for me that we can speak of is if after all, after this whole catastrophe, um, there will be some kind of a political arrangement, agreement, um, solution that will allow a Palestinian independent entity that will allow um, uh, everybody, like you said before, you know, to live normal, dignified, secure life that people will have. I mean, because also it's, it's coming every year or two, it's coming. This time is worse than ever. But, but these kind of cycles of violence is every one or two years it's all the time so you finish one and you already prepare yourself to the next one and no, one's, uh, and no one's taking into account that the post-traumatic syndrome that the whole area is suffering from yeah. so no matter if israel is winning and i use that word in inverted commas it can't be normal to wake up to sirens to run into Nope. to have your neighbor's car bombed or to have your other neighbor's son killed in Gaza. This level of post-traumatic syndrome disorder throughout the area is no um, recipe for something sustainable or something winning. No. Nope. So let's see about the work you do because I know a lot of the work you do and that's how we initially met yeah. through women, the work you do with Women Waging Peace. How easy is it for you, and I know a lot of you are still doing that, to actually navigate the Israeli-Palestinian connection? 
Um, look, in all the uh, organizations that work, Israelis and Palestinian now, um, it's definitely not easy. It's not easy partly because we are, I mean, officially we're at war. And because everybody's in their side see different picture. We, you know, in Israel, you keep having, you know, what happened on October 7th, that really was horrendous and horrific. Mm-hmm. And we keep interviewing the the, um, fam- the the families of people who were killed, the, the uh, hostages who came back. There's all the time this, you know, this is mainly what people see. And in the Palestinian side, they see the the horrible destruction of Gaza. They see babies and little children pulling out, being pulled out of the gravel. They see the 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 fear, you know, the the, the horrible fear of people running from place to place and have no place to to hide. So each um, each society see something different. And then when we come to speak, we have to speak over that to speak over the the difference and find and and keep focusing on what's the solution and i think this is what um com- this, this is what brings us together is to think about where it where where can it go and how can we push in that direction so that this will not come back now in women wage peace i have to just to to be um uh, totally honest, I am less involved now on the ground. A lot of the work is now uh, being made with Women of the Sun. Women of the Sun is a, is like a sister organization. It's a women's organization in Palestine, and uh, it's a, a, a it we it's not only about the work with Women Wage Peace. They also do some social work and other work. But a lot of it is is um, to try and work with women wage peace to to reach for um, a political agreement. Okay. Um, and they are actually um, a women wage peace and women of the sun are nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Oh wow! Yes. So, maybe, also- so maybe you need to connect me with women of the sun so that we can do another podcast. I will be happy. Um, I will. So after that, I will give okay. you the connection. And um, and also Women of the Sun and Women Wage Peace were nominated now to be part of the 100 um, women, how 100 most in, um, influential women Everybody, of okay. uh, Time Magazine. So, so the, the, the connection uh, of these two organizations is actually very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. It's I think the connection of the organization is more powerful than each organization in and of itself. So, um, so this is um, and and the connection. Although we we can't have physical meetings now, uh, the the meetings uh, you know in Zoom in everything else, con- continue planning, continue thinking, continue supporting each other, uh, continues throughout the war. In well, terms, this is the this is the benefit of us having been through COVID and learning how to use Zoom. Yeah. That we stay connected. That we know how to, we have ways of staying connected, even though yeah. we cannot be physically connected. Yeah, I can tell you that um, in the beginning of the war, some of the things that kept me really um, from going down completely to deep depression 
was uh, it was also a Zoom of um, combatants for peace that were done between Israelis and and Palestinians. Yeah, I mean th there was Zoom uh, Zoom meetings between people uh, from the Palestinian side and people from the Israeli side, or you know, or 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 uh, uh, the connection in women which peace, or of course my work that I will speak about it in Road to Recovery, but this. Um, these continued conversations, conversation, conversation meetings. Um, it's it's like you prove in the middle of the storm, or in the middle of you prove that it's possible. Then then it's it's powerful. It's um, you know, I I used to be a very hopeful person. I I have to say that I'm not as hopeful as I was, but these things, these little expression of what's possible li little glimpse glimpses of what's possible is is what get the motor you know continue to work it's um very powerful can i ask you something because i know in conversations of in the many conversations i've had besides the numbers of injured and dead the biggest victim of this war since october the 7th is the left wing in both communities how and, and isn't that work made? Isn't that making your connections a lot harder? Isn't the group getting smaller, or have you maintained, been able to maintain the balance within each sector? So I can tell you. Well, in women wage peace, there was from the beginning. There is a lot of discussion, you know, because uh, not every woman responds the same to what happened. I can say in the road to recovery, maybe I'll just say a little bit about what the word road to recovery, because I don't yes, know if please. the listeners know. I um, think it's very interesting, a very a lovely organization. It does great work. So the road to recovery is basically Palestinian people who are unfortunate and have severe disease, life-threatening disease. They are treated in Israel because the level of medicine oh. yeah, is, is higher. And... Um, Although the Palestinian Authority pays for the treatment, they don't pay for the traveling. And the traveling costs can be very significant, especially if you need to get uh, to treatment daily or three times a week, or it's um, it's very difficult. And, and Road to Recovery says, is basically Israeli volunteers, just private people coming with their private cars to the, to the checkpoint, picking up, the patients and their escorts and go to the hospitals. And then when the treatment is over, somebody's coming and take them back. So, and it's all voluntary basis. And, uh, uh, and it allows in this time of travel together for these like one hour, two hours, depends how the long treatment. they have to go. It, it's a, it allows uh, a connection. It allows a meeting between Israelis and Palestinians within a little car. It's a little piece within a little car. So, and um, it works also because um, uh, it goes against, you know, it, it allows people to meet people rather than, you know, all the ideas they have about Palestinians, about Israelis, Israelis about Palestinians and so forth. And um, so, so in, in, in the road to recovery, um, we had quite a few drivers from um, uh, who lived near Gaza, some of them died, were killed in the in October seventh. 
Some of them are still kept in um, uh, kept in Gaza. Maybe you heard about Vivian Silver. She's yes, yes, one, um, very sad to hear. Yeah, so she she also uh, was driving from Gaza, uh, taking p uh, patients from Gaza, and um, uh, so so that was quite a blow for the organization. The interesting thing is, on eighth on October eighth, we already continued working. We, we we picked up patients from the West Bank, obviously uh, not from Gaza because from Gaza, I mean the whole place was destroyed, the whole uh, checkpoint is destroyed, and Nobody's going out of Gaza now into Israel, but we did continue to take patients uh, from from all the checkpoints in the West Bank, and we, you know, we lost uh, some some of uh, uh, probably two thirds of the volunteers or half or two thirds. I'm not sure. Um, either said, you know, they said that at this point they cannot, they, they feel that they cannot do it. Mm -hmm. Some some of them want to do it, but the families are stopping them. Yeah, but um, but on the other hand, other people, even people who were evacuated from, from the Gaza. Gaza Strip, yeah, and, and are are now driving in in other routes, you know, and and so there there are you know um, a few hundreds of volunteers that continue to do this. And uh, and some volunteers joined. Which is oh, very good! Interesting. Very interesting. And, yeah, and and because it's, I can tell you when I drive, I'm doing mostly the coordination uh, work. But when I but I, I drive, try to drive as much as I can. And when I drive, I remember I drove on the first week of the after of the, the seven. Yeah, and it was to me, it was like a miracle. Because it was in because inside of this hurricane, inside of this thing that when you feel you have absolutely no control over anything, you know, anything, it, it's like you're completely out of control and, and these horrific things are happening. Suddenly in your little car, there is a possibility. And it a was spark so of hope. powerful. Yeah. There's a spark of hope. And, and, uh, uh, but that's also what we always say, you know, at peace happens one person at a time it doesn't this magic uh, solution that when they sign a piece of paper magically everyone's invested in this peace building it's one person at a time it's one action at a time it's one word at a time it's so that's really important so this this is still carrying on um, how difficult is it because i know it's become even more difficult for the palestinians to pass through the checkpoints or hasn't it yeah, they um uh there are more because you know everybody's speaking about the war in Gaza, but actually there is a war also in the West Bank. Yes, no, you Everyone know, not, forget, yes, everyone's forgetting the West Bank. Yeah, I mean, uh, so there are um, more checkpoints. Sometimes roads are blocked. Sometimes if if something happens, then the whole city is under you Siege. know under as yeah. And um, a and the volunteers have to be much more patient, you know, they, because if before that you said, you know, the volunteers said I have to be at work at eight, so they have to come at six or da 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 da. Oh. So now now they can't. They they have to to know that they might have to wait, and also sometimes um, so so it is more difficult. Um, but I have to say, you know, it is working wonderfully, 
And I'm glad um, to hear that. I'm glad. And I have to tell you that two weeks ago, I interviewed a Palestinian friend of mine living in the West Bank, in April. Ah. <laughs> Good. And I'm, I'm glad to hear because I think us that are living around, us outside, are worried that this peace um, building, there's no more space for it, or there's very, very, very little space for it. But as long as there is space for it, no matter how little, as we said, person by person, car by car, <laughs> things are building are, are not not forgotten. Let's put it that way. Well, I'll I'll tell you the way I look at it now because um, because to be honest, look, I am as you know, I'm you know I'm working for years now, and um, I some some years I didn't do anything else, just that, and. Um, and things just got worse. You do and do and do, and things get worse. And um, and I have to say, you know, I've been fighting. I've I've been fighting. Uh, you know, get um, desperate about it. I mean, get mm. um, uh, give up. And and then uh, and then I realized that first of all, I just do what I do because it's the right thing to do, in my opinion. And I couldn't live with myself if I didn't do that. You and me That's, together. You just do it. No yeah, you just, you just have to do it. You know, yes. you know this uh, this story about the guy in Vietnam War during Vietnam War standing every day with a sign um, uh, in front of the White House. You know, tell me. There was this guy, right, standing every day, you know, with a sign, you know, to stop the war in Vietnam and. A reporter came to him once and said, you know, don't you think it's ridiculous? You think that you standing here will change America? So he said, I don't think it's going to change America. I'm just making sure that America doesn't change me. Uh, okay. I agree so, with you. It's perfect. It's perfect. So so there is something about that. I just want to, I just want to know that I stay because many people that were in the left, uh, side of the political map in Israel in Israel is are talking now like um nationalists yeah okay and 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 to me that was i mean it's very um disheartening but but this is so this is the way i look at it i am doing i'm living the life i'm living life according to my core values and uh and then a friend of mine sent me this quote from uh, Vindana Shiva, Vindana yeah. Shiva, and basically the co the quote uh, is saying, "You you need to do what you do, and disconnect it from the results, because there is the, because the, the situation is way bigger than me or you or anybody else. Yeah. You you cannot." You know, you cannot single-handed change the whole consequences, the whole situation. So you do your thing, and and you disconnect it from the result, and then it and then you can continue doing it. And anyway, and I, you've you've also got to do that because sometimes the results aren't immediately visible. So if you keep on checking in of how successful in inverted commas you are, it ain't gonna work. But if you just keep on doing it, eventually something will change but you mustn't think of that so you see so i don't even think that anymore because I, I don't know i'm doing it for years and years and years and it's only get worse right no, so no. i'm saying at this point 
I don't I don't know if to be honest also be, before the war you know we, we don't speak about it anymore but before the war throughout the whole of 2023 Israel was in a desperate situation I wasn't I wasn't sure that Israel going to make it as a sort of democratic I mean we never were completely you, you can't be completely democratic if you have occupation but you know sort of democratic partially democratic um country because Netanyahu and his gang was trying to well turn it into a theocratia a fascist theocracy and I think and, I think that that's what a lot of the conversation globally is that Netanyahu has only survived because of the conflict because yeah. if the conflict hadn't happened quite conveniently or not he would be indicted he would be facing um charges so how can this person have true intent of solving anything no that's the thing that's what I, that's why i'm saying i i don't even know i don't even know what the future of israel because netanyahu has no reason no uh, motive because everything with him is only personal motives he doesn't have any personal to personal motive to to end the war conflict. or to or to end the conflict i mean i'm i'm talking even the specific this specific war because but the minute he finished the war there is there are elections uh, but i heard a really uh, heartening comment from an israeli diplomat that said that israel you knew of october the 6th is not going to be the israel that's going to come out of this conflict there's a lot of things changing and there's going to be a major change in what comes out and i said to her, i hope a positive major change and she said where there's going to be change because what was before is not going to come out of um so there's a lot so. happening in the yes look i really hope so and i i hope uh, the thing is for example i hoped that biden wouldn't let us go more than you know maybe a month you know the way the way we went and he let us go and i hope that cuz 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 he's the only one he said he can say either you stop it or i stop you know i stop funding you i mean it's very simple there but he's not and and the thing is obviously it's israel and and gaza and the palestinians but it's also iran and the united states and russia and uh, and hezbollah and you, you know it, everybody you know everywhere it's not as simple as the hamas israel and the gazans it's far broader than that and it's far more complicated it's far right. more complicated than that which makes you feel like a little little <laughs> a little you know um microbial um size um how you call it um uh entity in the whole you know yeah. body in the whole thing But that's why yeah but that's why you don't you shouldn't think about it that's why the way you and I and a lot of activists work is you actually do it because you need because there's no option morally my moral compass says to me I don't have a choice something's happening exactly. and I need to speak exactly exactly I need to exactly. speak exactly and to also you know uh for um, for a long time in my life I was thinking if I lived in Nazi Germany would i say something would i what would i do would i cooperate would i not cooperate because i thought it's very easy to just say oh i would be like this hero talking and 
and I and I, I still think about it. I still think about it, and every time when I feel that um, I, I I feel that we need to voice this voice, and you know, some I have also a German passport. So people say to me, "Why are you staying in Israel?" And I'm saying, "It is my home." You know, I I I need. But so I said, I will stay there as long as it is safe for me, as long as I, as as I can say. As long as your personal security is not under threat. Yeah, but as as long as I can voice my voice, because I feel that that that, that there's um, less and less people in Israel this time speaking this voice. So I feel it's even more important for me to be there because you know to sit in the, in Europe somewhere and talk about how should it be in Israel. This is it, it's it's not going to work. I have to be there, and and I want to. So what I'm saying is, um, I, I I like you, you know. I feel that I have I have to say what I feel is right and what I feel is moral, and what I also feel is for the benefit of everybody. Because I really do, you know. This I I have Israel, you know, Israeli friends that saying, but don't don't you think that, you know, that a time of war you have to, uh, you or, or not, but generally you have to. First, take care of your family or your, you know, or your people, and then of the others. And I'm saying, no. it it doesn't work this way. Doesn't work it doesn't work way. this way because it, because I will be safe. Everybody, we will be safe here only when everybody around us are safe, and we will be happy here when everybody around us are happy. We cannot be safe here with with all these millions of people um, living without. Right. So, but I, I had the same. I had the same criticism when I was quite vocal about women's rights in Cyprus, and the women's rights, the activism in respect of women's rights, is a bit slow in the Cypriot south, in the Greek south, because women have get jobs. There's affluence. There's there was, and they would say to me, but. You're fine. My salary is okay. Why worry? Why are you fighting? And I said to them, you know what? As long as my sister in Pakistan or in Palestine or in South America is not okay, I'm not okay. We either do it for all of us or we don't do it for anyone. It's yeah. as simple as that. It's not me. If I'm okay, we don't, we're not insular. We're a collective. And the more we see the fate of the Palestinians, is connected to me in Cyprus and it's connected to the South Africans or the Colombians. It's not insular. I think we need to, we need to, I think that's the word we need to try, not the word, the narrative we need to try and make bigger. Because, I mean, I lived in apartheid South Africa and people say to me, but you're fighting for um, the blacks. You're white, you're fine. Why would you do that? And I'd say, why wouldn't I? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, yeah, let's see what else. Is there anything else you particularly want? Because I know you want, I'm trying to protect you because you need to self-care. Okay, I know you've been under pressure. Is there anything you would like to say before we close? Because I don't want to take too much of your time. Well, I think the only thing that I'm trying to convey with anybody that I'm speaking with, you know, rather than, you know, don't take sides. I mean, it's fine to criticize and it's fine, but but don't be, you don't have to be, if 
if you want to support the, the people of Palestine, you don't have to be against the people of Israel. And if you want to support the people of Israel, you don't have to be against the people of Palestine. You just have to be pro-peace. And I think, and pro-solution, because I think there is so much division, division and there's some, and this is how the system works. It divides and rule. It's mm. the oldest patriarchal way in the, book. in the world. Just get educated and try try to support the spirit of uh, and and all those who wants peace, who wants uh, to come to um. What I'm saying is, don't feed the the dividing machine. And I feed you. feed the 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 need to come together. Feed the the desire for peace. Feed compassion and um, empathy. And empathy. Yeah, this is the 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 things that needs to be fed these days. Well, and ever and always. No, I agree with you. We need to not feed the fear of they're going to take me over. We need to not feed the fear we need to not feed the war talk yeah we not we need to not feed, uh, feed the other the otherism of the conversation we need to feed feed the we're in this together so let's see how we can work on this together yeah. and i'm going to repeat what i said a little bit earlier all of us that do this activism work whether inside or out in or out of conflict we need to also remember that unless we care for ourselves first. Ultimately, we won't be able to carry on this um, this journey that we're on despite ourselves, <laughs> this, yeah. that we've despite ourselves. I'm really happy I got to speak with you and to uh, have this conversation with you. Look after yourself and please give me the contact details of the Woman of the Sun because I think I need we need to put this conversation out more. Okay. Oh, peace talking, peace talking. Okay. Great. Thank you, Magda. Uh, thank you, Yal, and rest well so that you can go back stronger. Okay. Thank you, Yal, and to the listeners. Thank you for listening. And remember, the talk is for peace, empathy, and together, collaboration, and co-living, coexistence. Thank you. The first trilingual podcast station of Cyprus, Island Talks, open, diverse, free. <laughs>